Hello and welcome to another episode of Brewery Towns, the podcast that talks about brewing beer throughout the country. My name is Matt and I am joined this episode by Katie. Hi everyone. Now this is our 19th episode. We have done 18 cities in one state. If you are a new listener, feel free to like us on Facebook. That's where we post all of our episodes. And feel free to follow us on Instagram. That's where we post photos of breweries that we've been to, along with a little history about it. If you are a returning listener, I don't know why you don't have something better to do. But if you really like us, go on patreon.com slash brewerytowns. We have a $5 monthly membership, and you'll also get a free brewery print that we will send you every month. So definitely check that out. Our episodes are always free on YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just wherever you want to find them. And everything is on brewerytowns.com as well. You ready to get into it? Ready to get into it. Okay, today we are going to explore the brewing history of Charleston, South Carolina. Our sources that we use today were from the Charleston City Paper, and this book that was published in 2011 called Charleston Beer by Timmins Pettigrew. It is a really great book. You can get it on Amazon, Kindle format, hardback, softback. I would highly suggest it. Most of the information before Prohibition that we're going to use today comes from this book. Charleston is the county seat of Charleston County. It is the at the inlet of the Ashley, Cooper, and Wando Rivers, right on the shores of the Atlantic Ocean. It is about two hours from Savannah and about two hours from Columbia, mm-hmm. South Carolina as well. Current population, 140,000, but in the metro, about 800,000, so pretty significant. Absolutely. Do you know the nickname of Charleston? No, I don't. The Holy City. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess it comes from the fact that they always had religious tolerance there. If you visit today, there's a number of historic churches that there you are can very, very, go very to. beautiful churches. It seems beautiful down there. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it, it's a lot like it's. I've never been to New Orleans, but it's very reminiscent of the style of houses like from New Orleans with like the big balconies and just the um, what is that French inspired kind of architecture. But it's, it's it is it's really beautiful. And the one church that I was thinking about that comes to mind is so on Main Street in Charleston, they have a open market. And it's where a lot of locals work. They just sell, like, they make these um, baskets out of palm trees and um, a lot of just local stuff. But right at the end of it, because it's about a four-block-long outdoor market, okay. and at the end of it, there's just this beautiful brick church. And it's just one of the, and it's right by the water. Gorgeous. Cool I, place. Yeah, I really want to go there. Mm-hmm. If you watch the show The Outer Banks on Netflix, it is not filmed in The Outer Banks. It is, in fact, filmed in Charleston. Correct, because The Outer Banks is not for TV. <laughs> That's but <true>. Charleston is beautiful. <laughs> I, I would probably live there because in 2016, Travel and Leisure Magazine ranked it their number one city in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So it seems really great. Lots of people are from there. I always choose one for each episode. Today, I decided to choose... Darius Rucker, yeah, mm-hmm. country music singer from Charleston, South Carolina. Yep, and and funny another funny thing about him for some reason I don't know why, but in Columbia where I used to live, there is a um, downtown by the university. There's just this random like statue that's dedicated to Darius Rucker. To Darius Rucker, yeah, oh. <laughs> it's very it's the most random thing ever. Maybe he went to the University of South Carolina. Maybe I have no idea. I, I don't know that much about him. Yeah, that's why I thought he was from Columbia. I didn't know mm-hmm. he was from Charleston. That makes sense. Yeah, a little history here. Charleston is was one of the earliest cities in the country, founded in 1670. Before that, it was first settled by the Cusabo Indians. 
And then King Charles granted um, a lot of charters for Europeans to come over and they started to sell, settle it. This is a long definition here, but is it is the first English-speaking comprehensively planned city in the country. Wow. And more importantly, it is home to the first museum in the country. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, side note, it's also the o- home to one of the only medical schools in South Carolina. So, like, for I'm an occupational therapist. The only occupational therapy school is MUSC, the Medical University of South Carolina, and that's in Charleston. So, like, whereas here in Pennsylvania, in this area, there's literally six schools, probably in a 200-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Down there, only school in South Carolina. And it's not even in the middle. It's on no. the coast. Right. Weird. Yeah. Ready to get into some beer. Absolutely. Okay, so, as I said, most of this information comes from Timmons' book, Now, there were some early breweries that came around in the 1700s. None of them lasted very long. But one I wanted to give a shout out to was owned by Daniel Burgett, founded in the 1730s. And he produced beer, but he also produced ladies apparel. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, A real renaissance man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get a beer, you need some lingerie. (laughs) He's not wrong. Mm -hmm. Next came a brewery by Nathaniel Scott, and they produced Carolina beer. And then in the 1760s, probably the most successful early brewery was by Edmund Egan. He had a slogan, and it was, let the beer justify itself. Interesting. Know, isn't that good? Yeah, it is. And he was making $3 million of our money annually. Wow. So he was... That's significant. He had a profitable business. Unfortunately, it closed in the 1790s, though. Now let's skip ahead to the 1850s. That's when the Palmetto Brewing Company was founded. Mm-hmm. The palmetto is named after the state tree of South Carolina. By the 1880s, they were distributing all the way up to Virginia. Wow. And I don't know if you knew this, but in 1886, there was a major earthquake on the East Coast down near Charleston. Mm, I did not know that. And it was like a a 6.9 to 7.3 on the Richter scale. Yeah, so it was pretty significant. Yeah, intense. So the brewing company shut down for a little bit, and then when they reopened, they had this beer called Earthquake Beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can imagine Southerners wouldn't react to an earthquake very well. <laughs> well, you don't hear about earthquakes down there very often, mm-hmm. especially something like that. And they sold that beer at their grand reopening celebration. A few years later, they created Koppelman's Beer. Mm-hmm. In the first week of Koppelman's Beer on the market, funds increased 50% just from that one beer. Wow. What kind of beer was it, did it say? It doesn't say. I would guess Bach. That, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I don't think they were doing many loggers down there just because it gets really hot and humid. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves the yingling, though. In South Carolina? Absolutely. It's it's amazing how... Mm-hmm. It, it. I think we said this in an earlier episode. You can go to every state that yingling is at and mm-hmm. people, people will drink it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And now, by the end of this year, they're going to be distributing to Texas. Really? Mm-hmm. Good right when them. I leave. Good for them. Okay, so something interesting about South Carolina, which I'm glad you're on for this episode because we talked a little bit about it in last season's episode on Macon, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Starting in 1893, South Carolina went to a dispensary system. They tried to enact prohibition, but it failed. So they decided to do this system that was first tried, I guess, a little bit in Georgia and some of the counties, but widespread in Europe. It was proposed by State Representative Ben Pitchfork Tillman. You do not want to mess with this guy, let me tell you. (laughs) Okay, so in 1893, all liquor sales had to go through state-run distributors. Okay. So that means it could be made in distilleries, but it had to be bottled and dispensed at these facilities. 
So the people who originally proposed this were after temperance, but then they got greedy and they were using it to make too much money. And it worked. Every county besides for two had uh, facility headquarters. So it wasn't like all of it was coming out of Columbia or Charleston. Each county had their dispensary. Preference was given to local manufacturers. Uh, Liquor bottled in dispensaries was the only legal liquor allowed in the state. I'm sure there were plenty of like moonshiners going around. Uh, I think it was a little bit different for beer because what I have written down here, it says contracted breweries sold to bars, speakeasies, and individuals on a royalty basis. So they didn't sell them the product. They sold them the right to use the product. If that makes sense. It still sounds kind of ass backwards. It it, it is. Yeah. It, it absolutely mm-hmm. is. But uh, Acme Brewing Company in Macon, Georgia, mm-hmm. was one of the breweries that was contracted to sell beer to all these bars, and that's why they, they grew so rapidly. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, it started in 1893. It kind of fell apart by 1907, and then by 1916, Prohibition was passed. Palmetto, which was still around, but it was now called Germania Brewing Company, I think because German beers were all the rage at that time, so it was probably just a little marketing scheme. They closed in 1915, a year before Prohibition was enacted in the state, and they never reopened. I thought Palmetto Brewing does exist still. Well, that was a good good segue. Let's fast forward to 1993. I was going to say. When the first brewery since Germania closed opened, and that was Palmetto Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. In 1993? 1993. Good lord. That's nuts. It was early. Mm -hmm. So it was opened by Ed Falkenstein and Louis Bruce. Their flagship beer that was really a lighter option for novice craft beer drinkers. You know, it was 1993. There weren't that many breweries around. People were still drinking Budweiser, Mm -hmm. Miller Lite, Coors. So their flagship beer that they came out and that became really popular was just called Amber Ale. Mm -hmm. 3.54 untapped. 1993, they opened, like we said, in 2018, they actually merged with another brewing company, Catawba, out of North Carolina. Mm, they have the uh, White Zombie. What kind of beer is it? IPA? No, it's, uh, I'm not quite sure. but it's, it's, It sounds good. It's very... Is it thick? No, it's very light. Oh, light. It's like super light. Oh. That's why it's called it's White Zombie. White Zombie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that's huge down there. All bars have Catawba on draft and everybody goes... To the white zombie. Now, I've been to the Catawba location in Asheville. They okay. have a location in Asheville. I don't know if that's the original location, but if you go down to Charleston, it's still called Palmetto Brewing Company. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Two years later, after 1993, the next brewery opened, South End Brewery and Smokehouse. Their brewmaster was from Philadelphia, up wow. this way, and they expanded quickly to five locations in three states. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seemed like it was like a BJ's, like restaurant and brew house. I don't know if they have those up here, but they were big in Texas. And so they only distributed their beers in-house. So you Mm -hmm. had to go to the restaurant. Yep, yep, yep. To get them. Uh, But I have written down here that the South End Brewery and Smokehouse chain closed in 2016. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think he went to, I don't know where he went, but he was a big deal. Like when I first moved down there, people were like, oh, you have to go. And like when I told them I was from up here, they would be like, they, and they would specifically tell me well, to go there. Well, they knew. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. he, was, he was very popular. So I'm surprised that it closed. Well, I'll have to look into that because maybe he just started Something another else, business. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was 12 years until the next brewery came around. And that was Coast Brewing, located in the Navy Yard down in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Obviously a big port city. 
Their owners, Jamie Tenney and David Merritt, were the leaders of the Pop the Cat movement, which we'll talk about in just a second. But a product, if you go to Coast Brewing, it's still open. You can still go there. 3250 Kolsch, 3.64. And the name 3250 comes from the latitude of Cologne, which is 50, and Charleston, which is 32. And Kolsch beer is synonymous with Cologne. Mm -hmm. That's all they drink there. Uh, There's a good episode with Anthony Bourdain, and he goes to Cologne. I've never been there, but I guess you have your glass. You're supposed to drink a Kolsch in like one or two sips. Like it's very light. It's very easy to drink. Then you put your glass back down and then they come and fill it. And if you don't want it, you would put the coaster on the top. Mm. But if the coaster is not on the top, they will just come and fill it. And they just mark like on your coaster how many beers you've had. That's a good system. I know. It's efficient. I would like to go there, but I guess Cologne was bombed pretty heavily. So it's more modern architecture. So Mm. people who go to visit Germany... They want to go to, like, Bavaria or, right. like, Berlin. Somewhere that doesn't look like where they come from. Right. Okay, so the Pop the Cat movement. We talked about this in the Greensboro episode for North Carolina. And that's where South Carolina got their inspiration for this. So the North Carolina Pop the Cap was in 2005, and breweries could raise their percentage from 6 to 15. South Carolina, two years later, did the same thing. Breweries could now raise their percentage from 6 to 17.5. Percentage of what? Of their beer. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Either all their beer or the beer that they could sell through distributors. I'm thinking that way because in 2010, breweries could finally sell directly to customers right. down there. Okay. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's all very just asinine, and it's hard to keep track mm-hmm. of all, all the rules. Next came along was Westbrook Brewing Company. Mm. Founded in 2010, they focus on a lot of Belgian-inspired ales. Uh, One that I have written down here is White Thai Whip Beer, 3.58. Very good one. Yeah, you've Mm -hmm. had it. I've had probably all of Westbrook Brewing's beers. Oh, yeah? They're tasty. Do they can them, too, or Mm -hmm. just like... Yep, yep. And one of my favorite Westbrook Brewing stories is I went to do actually one of these paintings. Okay. That one. The first one I went to do with a friend of mine... And I had two, they have a really good IPA. It was just so good. I just kept drinking it. And then I don't remember how I got home. <laughs> it was, but it was a very, it was one of those beers where like, I was just. Easy to drink. E- so easy to drink. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, uh, on the breweries and PA group, someone asked like, what beer gets a lot of hype, but you don't like. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down Mad Elf. And then I wrote down, every time I drink one of them, I can't remember if I like it by the end of it, just because it's so strong. Yeah. So that kind of reminds me of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2011, another brewery came around called Holy City Brewing. Holy City. Named after the nickname. Oh, well, that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, their logo, I think it has, it, it looks like a stained glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The beer that I wanted to highlight is Pluff Mud Porter. Pluff is a mixture of mud and water found in the South Carolina Low Country. They did a lot of pottery around there Pluff. that you'll still see in museums. Wow. The other day at our favorite local craft beer bars, they had a Holy City tap takeover. And I was lucky enough to, to try the Paradise Session IPA, which was really drinkable, 4.7%. So it's like the Founders All Day IPA. You can drink it right. and you won't like be obliterated. And it got a 3.66 on untapped but I would highly recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of them up here. And I don't think we get any cans from a- no. any breweries in South Carolina. Yeah, not that I can recall. Let's keep moving on. Next is Revelry Brewing, mm-hmm. founded in 2014. They added a space called The Hold. 
and the hold has the only cool ship, which is a flat open top vessel in the state. And the vessel's purpose is to spread the wort out evenly so it can cool and to allow the airborne yeast and bacteria to cause spontaneous fermentation. Wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. They do this a lot in Europe. That's what I was going to say. Is it something like they came up with or just something? The word is, it's not spelled cool in ship. It's like K-O-E-L-S-C-H-I-P. Uh, so I saw on Booze Traveler, which used to be a show, and this guy would go to different cities and he mm-hmm. would taste like all the liquor and beer that were produced there. And one of the breweries had one of these cool ships and it was really interesting. Revelry has had four medals at the Great American Beer Festival since 2016. Very impressive. So, v- very impressive. One of those was Who's Brett IPA, 3.86. Now, Brett is a type of yeast with quote-unquote funky flavors. Mm. So it's going to taste a little sour, mm-hmm. kind of like a farmhouse ale. Uh, but that won gold in the Brett beer category in 2019. Very impressive. Charleston has a lot of breweries, they and do. we're not going to go through all of them because it would, take, it would take forever. Big. It kind of reminds me of Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Like, Albuquerque has dozens of breweries, so does Charleston, and just to, to hit on every single, single one of them would be crazy. But I thought I would highlight the newest one. Yeah, let's do it. The newest one that came around in 2020, just last year, is called Brew Lab. Its location is inside an old warehouse from Electric City Supply. They are located in the what is called the Brewery District, okay. and it's in the neck part of Charleston. Mm-hmm. There's a really good New York Times article about all the breweries within the neck. You can walk to Brew Lab, Cooper River, Edmonds O's, Fatty's, Munkle, Tradesman, and they're all within like 15 minutes walking of each other. It's, it sounds like heaven. Yeah. Yeah, and especially in somewhere like Charleston where, like I said, it is very large, and there's separate islands so if you want to go even from one of the islands to downtown, it's probably like a 15, 20 minute drive. So having mm-hmm. something like that is perfect. Now, is it is it walkable there? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the city. Absolutely. Oh, do they have like the bike stations? Not really because there's, there's, it's crowded all the time mm-hmm. and there's cobblestone streets and horses. <laughs> yeah. So like if, if there, you were to add bikes into that, it would be absolute chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially those, even those electric scooters. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. No, that would be an, an, an absolute disaster. But that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. If you go to Brew Lab, they have 25 beers of their own beers on tap, including their highest rated Guava Sour, 4.05. Ooh. But they still don't have a lot of ratings on their beers because they just opened. Mm-hmm. So give it some time and let that play out. Now I'm going to list all the other breweries before we end. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Baker and Brewer, Charlestown Fermentary, Common House Ale Works, Fat Pig Brewing Company, Freehouse Brewery, Frothy Beard Brewing Company, Ghost Monkey Brewery, Indigo Reef Brewing Company, Lo-Fi Brewing, which I hear is really cool. Lo-Fi is really cool. Yeah. I have had their beers at a craft beer festival. And I've heard really good things about their tap room too. Okay, nice. Low Tide Brewing, Oak Road Brewing, Pauly's Island Brewing, Rusty Bull Brewing Company, Snafu Brewing Company, Twisted Cypress Brewing Company, Two Blokes Brewing Company, and Wide Awake Brewing Company. Wow. You could have a week yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. And it's all, all within like Charleston. Yeah. That's very wild. <laughs> Just to I, even think like that there could be that many. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you don't think like, especially up here in Pennsylvania, because they don't distribute much up here. You don't think of Charleston as a big beer city, mm-hmm. but it's just because we're not 
Right. Close and to then that. I and then think like like I had said, if you think about it, technically it is a college town. Granted, it's a medical university, so it's not like mm-hmm. the party city mm-hmm. that Columbia is with University of South Carolina. But it's very sophisticated down there and kind of fancy. And a lot of the places to eat are bougie yeah. and like yeah. not affordable. So I mean, there's a huge market for breweries and just the brewery environment. And a lot of the places that are like um, one of my favorite places there is the Purple Moose. Okay. And it's just a tavern pub. Okay. So they didn't make any of their own stuff. But now, I mean, there's so many different options of different kind of beers. I know. It's I know. awesome. It's like, it's crazy how it almost seems like it's going to be oversaturated soon, but there's still more breweries opening than closing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the numbers in 2020, but I've, I've seen more open than I have closed. Mm-hmm. I know next episode we're going to do uh, Leadville, Colorado, and one of their big ones did close last year. But that's like one of the only examples that mm-hmm. I can think of. And I mean, yeah, considering the pandemic and everything, it's once everything opens back up again, everything's going to be flooded. Right. Because people are going to get right. out and go everywhere. Well, if you're ever down in the holy city of Charleston, South Carolina, you know there are plenty of options to choose from. In the and, neck. In the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Any last words? No, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Mm-hmm. And that was another episode of Brewery Towns. Mm-hmm.